Welcome to Daily Devoted. My name is Meshach Canyon, and today we're in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Uh, Paul is now in Ephesus, and Ephesus is one of the significant places uh, in Scripture. If you read the book of Ephesus, you'll see that um, it's to me, it's one of the most theologically rich books in the entire New Testament. The Lord did some marvelous things in the lives of those Christians who are at Ephesus, and now we get to see a little bit. Uh, about what happened when Paul got there. First of all, as we'll see probably in tomorrow's session, Ephesus was a place of real spiritual power. And I, I guess it would be akin to thinking about the global south or places in, in Asia or in Africa today, where the Christians in those regions will come to America and tell stories about some of the uh, quote unquote supernatural occurrences taking place. Over here in the West, uh, you know, you start mentioning supernatural things and people will start rolling their eyes or or thinking that you're making stuff up. Ephesus was one of those places where people encountering uh, supernatural experiences was the norm. So it was just for some reason or another, it was brimming with supernatural uh, power and not just good supernatural power. I mean, good, bad and in between. It was a place where people were aware that there was such a thing as supernatural reality and they were powerfully at work in Ephesus. Why is this significant? Why am I saying all this? Well, when Paul goes there, he encounters 12 disciples and they're, the fact that they call them disciples, it indicates that for in some way, shape or form, they are part of God's kingdom work. They are striving to be like Jesus. Um, but there's something about the way that they were ministering that made Paul ask them, this question. In verse two, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, we don't we don't know what these people were saying that caused Paul to ask that question, but he asked it. So there was there must have been something about their ministry that made Paul wonder if it was ministry that was uh, taking place in the power of the spirit. And at this point, Paul would have he would have really known, man, like, if you're ministering apart from the Spirit's power, first of all, it's fruitless. It's fruitless. As someone who's preached a lot of sermons, I can tell you that the sermons that I've done when I have felt the Spirit's leading and I've done it in confidence that the Spirit would take my words and do something with it, those sermons are always, um, I mean, it's almost, let me use this, this illustration of, of what working in the kingdom looks like. It's like um, lifting up a piano, but you have a lever, right? The lever makes it so that, you know, even a small child can just pull on a rope and a heavy object like a piano will lift off the ground. Working on your own uh, for the kingdom is like one person just trying to squat under a piano and lift it up by themselves. So there must have been something about the way these guys were ministering that Paul he picked up on and he just thought like, man, this is not spirit enabled ministry. And so he asked this question and he's spot on because listen to their response. When he says, have you uh, received the Holy Spirit? They said, we have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Now, the joke is that they were uh, Methodists because the Methodist denomination is is supposed to be one where people aren't spirit filled. I'm a Methodist, so I can testify that that's not entirely true. 
But they say, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then he says, well, into what baptism were you baptized uh, in? And they say, John's baptism. Then Paul goes on to say in verse four, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So there's what shall we say about this? What shall we reflect upon? It's necessary for every believer to receive the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit? Receiving the Holy Spirit means that the promise that Jesus made in John chapter, well, all over the book of John, but specifically I'm thinking about John chapter 17, that he would send the comforter to be with us, the spirit of truth that would convict the world of sin and convict us and teach us all things and transform us from the inside out. The reason it's necessary for each Christian to have that is because it's the reception of the Holy Spirit that begins the process of forming us into the likeness of Christ and empowering the works that we do as we serve in the name of Christ. It's the spirit that does all those things. So Paul understood that when he preaches, the spirit does something with his words. That's why he doesn't have to preach and use impressive words. But if, if you read first Corinthians, Paul will talk to you, or maybe it's second Corinthians. I'm not sure. But he talks about how he refused to come with words of weakness, of, with words of wisdom, but he just presented the gospel plainly. Why? I think it's because he trusted that the spirit who was powerful to save and to convict and to convert would do the work necessary to bring people to salvation. So he just needed to present the gospel in a simple form. And so there was something about the way these guys were ministering that made him think, I don't think they're ministering in the power of the spirit. Now, can I say something that may be controversial? I think there are many churches and many pastors and many Christians who are right now doing their work, living their lives uh, with heads full of vital truths about God, but with hearts that have not yet been filled with the spirit. There are many people who were even baptized, but they didn't receive the spirit, you know, they didn't ask to receive the spirit or whoever laid hands on them uh, did not invoke the presence of the spirit upon them. And I think it's I think, I, man, I wish I could just dwell on this for a little while longer. Because it's so important if you are receiving this today, if you're listening to this today, it's so important that you are a spirit filled Christian and. You know, I think it's important for me to say receiving the spirit isn't it's not necessarily something where there will be a a demonstrable result. You know, you may not speak in tongues. You may not um, uh, fall out or have some some kind of Pentecostal experience. But, you know, Jesus says, I can't remember where it is, but he says, if you being evil uh, would give good things to your parents, how much more would your heavenly father give the spirit to those who ask him? So the spirit is something that's given, but we have to ask for it. We don't just receive it kind of uh, happenstance. It's not just something that just falls on us unaware, 
but it's something that we're looking for. And as hands are laid on us or a prayer is spoken on us or we ask God, please give me your Holy Spirit, then by faith we can trust that God gives the Spirit liberally and generously. And at this point, it's up to us to begin the process of learning to do our work, to live our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why, you know, I'd encourage you guys to read Romans chapter six through eight. Paul has this entire process of what it looks like uh, to to begin learning to live from the power of the spirit. Um, as these guys receive the spirit, they, they continue ministering, but now their ministry has a different kind of effect to it. It's mighty. It's powerful. People are being trans transformed. Lives are being changed. Why? They're doing the same thing. You know, they didn't learn anything new about theology or anything like that. All they did was receive the spirit. And now the ministry that they're, they're, they have going on, the things they're saying about Jesus, they're landing with fresh power because of the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, spirit-filled work does not have to be quote-unquote ministry. Spirit-filled work is not just for the person who's in the pulpit. Who do you think the first person um, was in the Bible that it said the Holy Spirit fell upon them? Now, you're probably... You're probably thinking Moses or, or something like that. Abraham, maybe. It was Bezalel and Aholiab. Now, I can't, I'm, I'm bringing up all this from memory, so I don't know the exact reference in the Bible. But when Moses was commanded to build the tabernacle, he needed uh, craftsmen that were good at design work and good at carving and things like that. And he called these two, Bezalel and Aholiab, and the Lord filled them with the spirit. They're artists. They're artists. God filled artists with the spirit. So what are you? What's your vocation? What's your life? What's your, how do you earn your living? How do you, how do you live out your calling as a Christian, as an engineer, a teacher, an administrator, a stay-at-home parent? Well, you can do that work. You can live your life filled with the spirit, trusting that the spirit would bring about supernatural results. Well, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to go on forever. Let me pray for you. Look in the description. I'm going to, um, I'm going to put a few notes in there about some, some resources, uh, that would be helpful for those who want to begin learning how to live in the power of the, of the spirit. Heavenly father, Lord, maybe there's someone who's listening right now. That's either uncertain whether they've received the spirit or, they receive the spirit, but they haven't been living by the power of the spirit. God, I pray that in the same way Paul laid hands on these 12 and they received, I pray that all those who are listening who haven't received would receive, that you'd open up their hearts and that your spirit would just rush in the same way your spirit rushed into the upper room in Acts chapter two. And for those who have received, but haven't yet learned how to live in sub submission and surrender to the spirit i pray oh god that that journey for them would begin today that it would begin today and from this moment on that the rest of their lives would have a different kind of feel to it because it will be spirit filled spirit led spirit empowered please let that happen lord jesus promised that if we ask you're more than pleased to give your spirit so give your spirit generously it's in his name that we make this request. Amen. Amen. Um, 
yeah if you have if you have comments or i feel like this is a, a this is a different one if you have comments questions or you want to talk a little bit more uh, shoot me an email um get in contact with me and i would i would love to um, stand alongside you as you learn to live in the power of the spirit if not me if you have a local pastor reach out to them if you don't have a pastor and you just stumbled upon this video check out my email in the description reach out to me and just reference this video so we can talk i'm praying for you guys you say a prayer for me too please i'll see you next time peace